Hey, podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, This episode with Gina is off the chains. She takes us on a crazy journey um, through how she overcame and changed some values, how really uh, identifying her core values and uh, learning how to focus those in the right direction has just helped her absolutely explode both personally and professionally. You're going to love it. just two quick reminders. If you're a salon owner manager considering attending the four-day intensive, tickets are selling. It's amazing. We're super pumped about um, those of you that have already joined that journey. If you're interested, email us at info at 124go.com. If you happen to be a Kuhn salon, talk to your uh, Kuhn rep and they can help you sign up through your uh, Kuhn loyalty program. So... That's kind of all I got. Thanks for the reviews. If you haven't left us a review review yet, please do so. Um, They absolutely help us grow, and uh, we're really stoked about some of the reviews we've gotten lately, so thanks for those. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Christmas is over. It's time to get back to work, John. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Lumay, and as usual, sitting here while across the Zoom again with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. Looking very dapper today. You're, you're at the salons today. What are you talking about? I'm in the same black shirt I wear to work ah, well, every you know, I'm day. I'm trying to give you a little credit. I'm trying to give you a little credit. Just so you guys know, John owns four shirts. They're all five. the same shirt, I have five, five shirts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And four one pairs for each, of shoes. One for each day of the week. Nobody's given John the memo that there's seven days in a week. So what do you do on those other two days? Just go topless? I go shirtless. Yeah. Mm. No shirt. No I shirts like on Saturdays and Sundays. I like it. And That's we why it begins with S. <laughs> have an incredible guest today. We're on with Gina Bianca today. Gina, welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining. I mean, this is great. We're all uh, sitting in different states. John's in Atlanta area. I'm in Florida. You're in Connecticut. And we are about to have a discussion, you know, for the benefit of our, of our listeners, which we do obviously twice a week. You know, we're thrilled that you were, we were able to connect with you. And as we were scrolling, you know, I was kind of just sharing with you before we started that I've rolled your page and your feed and as well as listening to your podcast, which I loved. For those of you, if you haven't heard of Gina yet, she's a stylist, salon owner, life and business coach, podcaster, educator, advocate for Mm -hmm. mental health and recovery and women of sexual abuse. And you're also the salon business expert for Joico. So it just sounds to me like you're a busy woman. And John, I know as usual, there's just a, a, I'm going to start, I'm going to change it. There's a hundred thousand different ways we can take this conversation. We got downgraded from a million? Well, you know, I think we can get really focused with Gina. You know, <laughs> okay. I mean, I think we can get really focused. Let's do it. So why don't you take us out? Uh, there's so much here. It's almost hard to tell where to start. There's just so much information and so much stuff I want to talk to you about today. So again, as Chris said, thanks for being here. I think one of the things I always like to start off with is like to start with your journey, meaning 
you know, how did hairdressing happen to you? Why did you choose this career? You know, let's start there and we'll build up if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So um, again, thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for that. Like banging intro. That was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you it. earned every word of it. Thank you. I know I hear those things and I'm like, dang, I started in my mom's kitchen pretty much. So um, yeah, it's really, really great. Thank you so much again. I'm really grateful um, to be able to share with your audience and um, hopefully inspire and, you know, tell my story. I started in the beauty industry in 2009. I was 17 years old. I went to beauty school as something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Uh, like many others. I talk about like my experience with the beauty industry. Like I, I find, I found my people as soon as I walked into the school, I, I found what I wanted to do, but I never knew that that was what I wanted to do in high school. I always wore extensions. I always would like, tr like transform myself. I was bullied a lot in high school. So I would like change my hair completely and like, just become like a brand new person. And like, so people like always knew me for having different hair. I had all different haircuts. I did that Victoria Beckham haircut yeah. circa 2000. Mm -hmm seven. Oh, yeah. sure. Um, I remember I was ringing out, uh, clothes at Marshall's and people would just be like, I love your hair. I love your hair. I love your hair. Like people always were complimenting my hair. And I definitely loved to go to the salon. And when I was looking for colleges, I never really went to class. I was like skipping class all the time. And I never mm -hmm. got, was going to get into college, but I wanted to be a plastic surgeon and <laughs> mainly because I wanted to make a transformation. Like sure. I wanted people to like, I wanted to like transform. Like I used to love those plastic surgery shows where people would be like, mm -hmm. open on the table trans sure. and then mm -hmm. like the before and after there were some, there were some good ones back then too. Yep. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were some really good yeah. ones. And I was like obsessed. And, you know, another thing I was obsessed with was Tabitha Salon Takeover. My mm -hmm. mom and I used to just lay in my bed on the weekends and just watch Tabitha. And I had no interest in doing hair, but I loved Tabitha. I just loved how she was just like, no BS. Like oh. she was just like, no BS. And like, I, I always loved her. And um, yeah, when I was looking for colleges, big surprise. Wasn't <laughs> going right. to get in anywhere. Actually waited to the last minute to apply. So I didn't even really apply because I was late. I told my mom, like, I'm just going to work. Like I was working in a restaurant. I always had like four jobs. So I was working at a diner. I was working at a restaurant. I was working at a tanning salon. Like I am no stranger to working hard mm -hmm. at all. I had like five jobs. Um, Is your mom a hairdresser, Gina? No, my mom's an ER nurse. Okay. Yeah. which shout out to all the first responders and ER people and everybody on the front lines. Cause she's exhausted mm -hmm. and, um, she's, you know, working really, really hard. And, um, yeah, so she was like, you can't just work. You have to go to school. And I'm grateful that she, you know, pushed that on me because she put on me like these, this value of no one can ever take your education from you because mm -hmm. growing up, we had a lot taken from us. And, um, my mom would always drill into our heads. Like nobody can take your education from you. That's something that they cannot take from you. And that's something that like I live by today is like, you know, when someone says like, oh, I'm starting over or I'm afraid to start over. Like you're never starting over because all of your experience, your education, everything, like nobody can take that from you. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you have to go to school. And I'm just like, I'm either going to go to culinary school or hair school. And my hairstylist like convinced me to go to Paul Mitchell, the school, like she mm -hmm. convinced me to go check it out. Cause she had just graduated from there. And I don't know if you guys know her colored by Caitlin. 
Um, she's big now. Like she's right. really, she's a big artist. She's amazing. Um, she's in my town, uh, like in my state, mm -hmm. but, um, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I say that I'm like, she's the one who convinced me to go to hair school and she's like a big <laughs> influencer. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. she influenced me and, um, I walked into the Paul Mitchell school and, you know, my life started there. I had, you know, a rough time growing up, a lot of, a lot of adversity in my life and where I learned a lot of who mm -hmm. I am and my, the, my guest experience and like how my skills and everything I do owe a lot to the Paul Mitchell school. So definitely, you know, that's where I started my, uh, career and where one of the big reasons I believe I am where I am today is because of, I could grab it right now. Cause it's right next to me, but the Robert Cromines seriously, sure. it's mm -hmm. like the 16 disc set he had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he signed it for it. me at the yeah. hair show, but I had a 45 <laughs> minute commute every day, uh, mm -hmm. from Watertown to North Haven. And yeah. I listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And, um, I totally relate to that. Uh, it's it's funny that you say that because we just recently reached out to Win Claybaugh and we reached out to um, John Paul DeJoria, hoping uh, they're going to run it by him. And so hopefully he'll come on with us. But um, I actually heard you in one of your Instagram posts talk about a Robert Cromine's quote that really had an impact on you. Um, I don't know Which if you remember one? the one I'm talking about. The one that said, it's not about being remembered, but it's about it's never, about being, never forgotten. being forgotten. Yeah. And yeah. I, yes. And you kind of ranted about that a little bit. So what, you know, why, where were you that, that grabbed you and, and what does that kind of mean for you? For me, like that quote, like it's about doing the things that will leave an impact that will make them like leave a mark, make an impact. Like, like I will never forget that. Like, it's just like the moment where it's just like one of those moments. And a lot of the time we check off the boxes and, you know, we do what we're supposed to do. Great. But it's going the above and beyond the extra 10%, especially with your guest. You know what I mean? Like if we're talking about hair and we can be talking about anything and it all applies, but it's not about being remembered. It's about never being forgotten. Like I am so driven and I do a lot of work with Tony Robbins and like mm -hmm. stuff like that. And like, I am so driven by the need for significance like it's mm -hmm. one of the six human needs he mm -hmm. talks about, yeah. like my yeah. driving need is significance and it comes yeah. from a lot of my childhood stuff, mm -hmm. but like to be significant in somebody's life where you really make a difference, where you can help them, like take it to the next level or have a breakthrough or like move through something. Mm -hmm. Those are the moments I freaking live for. Um, like I want to make a difference. I want to change the world. And when it comes to the beauty industry, like this is the place I care about the most. And it's like, I I'm grateful that I have the platform and everything that I do so I can make an impact. And mm -hmm. that quote where it really hit me was obviously when I heard it 500 times on seriously, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but just like with my guest, like, what can I do to just make it crazy for them to see another stylist? Like what other stylist is going to record your whole style and finish for you? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, give me your phone. I'm going to record it for you. We're going to go through everything and you're going to have me, you want to take me home? Here you go. You know what I mean? And like, what are the things that people like, I'm never going to forget that. Mm -hmm. Or like the things that you could say, the things you can notice, like when you can really see somebody, those are the moments where you're never forgotten. You know, I want to talk about something you mentioned a bit, you know, there's this segue where you had said that your childhood wasn't necessarily the most fun, right? 
um, had this bullying going on when you were in school, and yet you come to the hairdressing industry and you said, I found my people, you know, I found where I belong. I, I want you to talk about that a little bit, because I think a lot of people, you know, when they get lost, right, they stay lost. Um, and yet you were able to find something that you're able to grab onto. Um, the great thing about being a hairdresser is what a great industry to find significance, right? Um, so that's one of your one of your driving forces. What a great place for that. But talk more about you know that leap to finding your people. What is it about hairdressing? What is it about the people? What is it about this industry that you know? Because Chris and I always say we overuse this, but we believe hairdressing saves people's lives. Um, you know, it's it's a place for people who have gotten lost to find a place. It's not only just for the people in the industry, it's also people who come to our industry for services, right? Because we're the caregivers too, on both ends. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, for me in beauty school, like what I needed the most of was structure. Mm -hmm. That's what I needed the most of. And when I was able to have the structure and to learn a craft and to work towards something for an entire year with people, like there were not, there were, you know, they say the visionary, the fence sitter and the resistor. Like I was the unicorn visionary and I still am. Like I still will go above and beyond and like, and like crazy about what I do. And, um, you know, in school, finding people who are all there for the same reason and belonging to a culture like that. If, and I, I think in the business, you know, it's really about finding your people and finding a culture because some cultures can be toxic and some sure. cultures can be giving you life. Mm -hmm. And when I was in school learning, cause nobody knew anything, you know, you're all in the same right. boat. It was under a lot of pressure. There was very strict and Palm Mitchell's a very strict culture. You mm -hmm. know, it was very strict. Um, I don't know how strict it is now um, in the schools, but like when I went to the school, it was very strict. You get sent home for anything. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that kind of like stressed out state, and I always say a little bit of fear is good. When I was training my people, mm -hmm. little bit of fear is good give them something to lose, give them something to care about. You know what I mean? And I think that in the beauty industry, um, belonging to something, a culture, learning a craft and being involved in a strong, like a strong culture is key. And I do believe that hairdressing saves lives because when you can see some, if you're behind the chair working and you can see your guest when they need to be seen, you know, a lot of people need that. And you don't even know people seem fine. And underneath everything, you never know what somebody is struggling with. I hope that answered the question. Oh, but yeah, like, perfectly. It, it's just, there's so many, so many different, like, r like. <laughs> I love, and in your language, it's like when somebody can be seen, it's mm -hmm. really, and this year, you know, with the masks and external stresses that stylists have dealt with at the chair, you know, never mind in life, but at the chair where there's this new kind of barrier of, of communication that extra couple of seconds of eye contact, even if it's just that for a busy stylist, even if it's just smiling with the eyes, because there, you know, I know in the beginning there was a lot of, I want to call it not hiding behind the mask, but getting used to having it on. And I think there's, I mean, you said it beautifully, like there's a, a paraphrase, there's a multitude of different ways that I can in any moment choose to make my guest feel special. Yeah. Um, and that presence it, is critical. Like yeah. being present with your guests, like yeah. a lot of people crave and need, 
I'm one of them. Like I want to be yep. seen too. Like all of us yep. do. And like, I have a lot, you know, I have a great life and I have more than millions and millions and millions of people. Half of the world doesn't even have toilet paper to use. Yep. And I have so much and I still have problems. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes it's hard to complain about those problems because we have so much. And I crave the presence of just someone to listen sometimes. That's why I pay for two therapists. You know what I mean? And one of my biggest things with my fiance is just be here with me and, and, you know, be present with me without the phone and like, listen, and I want to listen and like truly connect. And, you know, to your point, it's like when we're with our guests and we can see them listen and connect with them and give them those moments of connection it's like a whole different level that they're not getting anywhere else. And you can rush through it as a stylist and yep. be remembered as someone who gave them their hair, or you yep. can never be forgotten as somebody who truly took the time to listen, see, hear, and, you know, be there for them. What I wanted to know is, you know, everything that you just shared with us is, 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 is amazing. How long did it take you to learn that? Right. Because I'm going to assume that you didn't, know all that as soon as you popped out of hairdressing school oh my god no yeah. and i'm just learning this now okay <laughs> like i okay so i owned a salon for five years i opened at 23 so pretty mm -hmm. much 18 19 20 21 yeah. 22 so five years right of being in the trenches mm -hmm. i assisted for six months and then i was behind the chair for two and a half years at this place yeah and then i was working in my mom's kitchen yeah <laughs> And for then like you... a year and a half. Sandy Hook happened in Connecticut and there was clients wouldn't leave my house. Everyone was mm. on my couch. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Cars up. Like I, all my clients just stayed and sat in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Um, and I just was doing hair and I was just charging a hundred dollars a person. Yeah. Like I was just like, at my mom's whatever. crib, like yeah. in the dining room, ruining the floor. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, at a hundred bucks a client, I hopefully you bought her a new floor. I was making bread. Yeah. <laughs> like, IRS, don't come get me. Yeah. No, but like literally, like I was making money. <laughs> yeah. And um I got reported from my neighbor sure. for having too many cars in the driveway. And like <laughs> they thought that I was running a business. Right. And yeah. um, and I just didn't want to pay for a mm -hmm. chair. I was just yeah. like, I don't want to pay. Like, this is bullshit. I have plenty of room here. Like, why, 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 why? And I was like, forget it. I'm just, and I was going to school part-time. Mm -hmm. um, my last relationship that I was in, mm -hmm. you wouldn't even know it was the same person talking to you, number one. But he had me thinking like the only value I brought to the relationship was like benefits. So I, being a hairstylist, like wasn't good enough. <laughs> so I was in college trying to be, trying to be a social worker right. in the middle of all this. And then I had a breakdown. I was like, I need to open my own place. Like I mm -hmm. need to like get out of my way. I'm opening my own salon. Like, just stop. Leave me alone. Like we'll mm -hmm. get benefits some other way, whatever. I started working, renting a chair. I rented at five different salons. I got kicked out. Like I, nobody liked to work with me because I'm, a freaking, <laughs> this is me getting, this is me doing hair. Cha-ching, 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 credit card swipe, 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 swipe. Because I'm busy. I promoted mm -hmm. myself like no other person, like no other person in my area. I was on Instagram. I was just going through my, my, phone of like my first ever Instagram post. Sure. And I looked every year I took screenshots of how my page has evolved mm -hmm. like no other person. So nobody likes to work with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> People are jealous. Their clients are like looking in my chair, like, 
you you remind you know, me like like you just so you know you have a spitting image twin um doppelganger she she she's a girl named josephine i'll shout her out because i know she listens sometime you know your why i can tell that you're aware of your wiring right like you know that you're wired a little bit you know like like towards the energetic side right and <laughs> like a little a different little, yeah and a <laughs> little bit towards the ambitious side and and it's a it's a huge recognition. And it's, by the way, for people that hang out in that Tony Robbins world to call yourself out as being significance driven. Mm -hmm. That's 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 being quite vulnerable because it's it may or may not be looked at as, you know, one of the it's best. Definitely a negative. Needs, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like I'm kind of owning it. But you put a really nice twist on it because I identify that way as well. But you said that you're you got your significance out of impacting, which which I felt like was more about contribution personally, as I was listening to you, just so you know. Mm -hmm. And and maybe your maybe your maybe your significance with a little bit of contribution. Nevertheless, I don't want to rabbit hole down there. Well, um, the thing is, is like what changed my life with that is I went to date with Destiny in December uh -huh. of last year, yeah. 2019. Mm -hmm. And he said something at that event and it changed my life. And I went to rehab this year in September. Hmm. And I remember running on the treadmill saying it to myself mm -hmm. and my two top needs when I did date with destiny are certainty and significance. So if you're wired for certainty and significance, you're in for a life of suffering. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be yeah. certain yeah. and it's yeah. going to be the center yeah. of attention for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And what he said, he said, you can meet your needs for certainty and significance by having certain problems that are always there and having the biggest problems that are always there. Or you can meet your need for certainty and significance by making certain and significant changes in your life. Ah, love that. And I was just like, mm -hmm. let's get this, let's get this brain <laughs> rewired. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you know, I think that everything is a gift. Mm -hmm. Like what happened to me in my childhood, what happened to me in my life, you know, that is all happening for me and it's serving me in some way. So because I'm wired and like my driving need is significance, other mm -hmm. people may think of that as a negative, but I'm not going to think of myself as negative ever. Mm-hmm. Because no, I loved it. I mean, no, I, I love that you called that out that way. And I also, I love the direction of this conversation. I, I hope I'm not going to muddle it because I want to go a little bit. I'm super interested in your social media feed. And the reason why I am really the reason why I am is because you're not posting after shots. Like your, your feet, there's, there's difference between, I don't want to call anybody out. I've seen very highly beautifully curated feeds and then I've seen, this is what I'm doing at the salon at this moment right now. I may or may not have a good microphone. I may or may not have um, the, the per, I may or may not have gotten the perfect actor shot. I'm really going to teach you and show you technique. And you talk a lot about, um, I hear you in your post talk a lot about trying to encourage people to not like to do your thing without feeling judged and that people are going to judge you, but here's how to kind of not listen to that. So I'm like a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Wait, recovering? Like, does, it ever, does it ever stop? <laughs> it, well, you can't be perfect. That's the thing. Like you can't be perfect. That, that, and you know what? There could be a hundred people in the room and 99% of them love you. And one person can just be like, eh, I don't know. She's all right. You know, like there's going to be people listening to this podcast and like, I don't know, maybe because I dropped the F-bomb or something, they're just like, nah, you know, she's not classy. 
She's a little like, you right. know, like, you know, so the thing is, is that like, when you are fully yourself and that's the hard part mm-hmm. is like, when you can fully be yourself unapologetically and just be you, your light shines so much brighter and that light attracts everybody who's supposed to be in your life. I get these messages from people and I've had these experiences where like the right people come to me or the, 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 the situation just lines up and I'm just like, that's a God thing. Like, right. I don't know. but like the more I try to be like other people, the more I try to blend in, the more I try to be perfect. And the more I try to adjust all this to try to fit whatever the, it just doesn't go as well. Right. And for me, one of the biggest things is like, my old values, like when I went to date with destiny, my old values were status, money, material, like Mm -hmm. proving, just proving that I'm worthy of even any attention, just proving that to the world. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm worthy of, of taking up space here, like make room for me. I'm like, look at what I have. Look at me. Mm -hmm. Like that was like my life. It's trying to like be enough for everybody. And what I had to do is I had to rewire my brain to Mm -hmm. like be okay with just being me and people, those people who come into your life Mm -hmm. with that mindset, those people love you for your imperfections. Like the, the things that I do that like are like quirky or weird or the weird things that I say, people print it on t-shirts and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like I do this thing where, and you guys can totally steal this from me. Anybody listening. I do this like silly thing where I'll all like all seriousness be like, all right, have a great day. And I say grape, mm-hmm. but I don't say great. And nobody ever notices. And it's just mm-hmm. this thing I do to see if anyone will ever notice. Right. And it's like little things like that. Like people freaking love it. And it just makes them like, it draws them in closer, like silly things like that. Or I can show you how perfect I am on Instagram. Or I can have pictures taken, edit them all, be perfect, flash my Range Rover. And, you know, like I I could make everybody hate themselves for not having what I have, or Mm -hmm. I can just be real and embrace the imperfection because that that's what it is. And, you know, sometimes I don't put it an after pick because I don't feel like editing the video. Mm -hmm. Uh I've already worked hard today. Let me show you this technique. And I'm not here to be your servant, Mm -hmm. Instagram. (laughs) sure i'm not if it's a dedicated post where i'm getting paid thousands of dollars okay yeah we'll talk about it yeah (laughs) i i I will put a little you know but if i'm here just to teach you something that's helped me make money or has Mm -hmm. helped me like how to wrap a turban or or -hmm. something like that and i don't want to edit it i'm not going to feel bad about that and the haters leaving the comments thanks Mm -hmm. for the engagement thank you yeah right it only boosts my algorithm yeah yeah anything is good and just don't read the comments Gina, I want to ask you something because I think that this keeps popping up for me in this conversation and I'm going to use the word transformation. Um, you, it sounds like you've had two or three, maybe four different transformations, right? If there's any ever a time for transformation, it's probably right now, right? If there's any time to change the way you've been doing things or to reinvent yourself, it's probably right now. And as somebody who sounds like you've done it a couple of times, I want to dig into that a little bit. First thing I want to touch base on is you said you changed your values. 
why? How did you get there? What made that decision? Did you know you were doing it when you were doing it? Or is it something you became aware of afterwards? Yeah. So I have an episode on my podcast and it was yeah. just a random ass episode. I think it's like mm-hmm. 10 minutes long and it's called the invisible forces that are controlling your life. Mm-hmm. And it's literally your values. And I didn't even know. So like flashing back to our conversation about Paul Mitchell and going right. to school. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things that made me successful was their value and culture system. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have that growing up. Like I didn't have it. My mom worked nonstop and my dad was in jail Mm -hmm. um, and gone, you know? So it was like, I grew up raising my brother and my values were um, WWF, like, you know, watching (laughs) wrestling. (laughs) Like, I'm like trying to think of like what, like, I didn't know. Like my values were trying to fit in and have nobody realized that like my life was a complete and total shit show. Like I'm Mm -hmm. great. My mom is amazing and she took really good care of us and everything, but like, I was kind of left to figure it out on my own. And she, she definitely taught me a lot and I've never said anything bad about my mom, but you know, growing up, it was like, I I was figuring it out for my own. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Paul Mitchell, I was just like, oh my God, I can follow this value system and be like them. Mm-hmm. And I changed. I was just like, like, the, I was like, these are the values I, I must follow. Sure. And then they worked so well that I became a raging workaholic. <laughs> and then I realized like, holy crap, like money isn't everything. Status isn't everything. Like, cause I'm not happy. Like I wasn't happy. Like I, I have everything that anyone could ever ask. And I was not happy. I was depressed. I was not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get to a point like where enough is enough and like, it's not working and you can either just continue on and find a way to numb the pain or you can make a change. And for me, like to rewire my values, it came to like writing all my values down, putting them in order and then looking at, looking at it. Like it's looking at yourself. This is what drives me right now. These are the outcomes that I'm getting. This is what I want. But in order for me to feel this, 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 and this has to happen. When does that happen? Never. So I'm never going to feel the feelings that I want because I'm wired to make it. Tony says, we all have a dirt road to heaven and a highway to hell. (laughs) Yeah. It's easy to feel bad and awful. It's like so hard to feel good. And for me, like I put the top of my values was health. Mm -hmm. And when I wake up in the morning, if it does not contribute to my health, I'm not doing it. You know, it's really love first. It love, health, vulnerability, and mm -hmm. boundaries. Those are my top four. Because if I'm going off of those four and they all bleed into each other. Sure. So if I have no boundaries around something, it's because I'm not being vulnerable and sharing how I feel mm-hmm. and it all gets screwed up. So it's really like you say, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. It's holding yourself accountable. It, it, you, nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to care as much as you need to care about yourself. Sure. They're just not like your loved ones, your parents, your, your followers, your people Mm -hmm. who work for you, all these people. I was like, why don't they care? Why don't they care? Gina, nobody gives a fuck. You have to care about yourself more than all of these people. Like without you, you're not here. Like, this is what I'm saying to myself. And it's just like, when you grow up looking for outside validation, like I, like it, like me, like I was abandoned as a child from both parents, like my mom working all the time and my dad gone. So like, I'm looking for everyone to tell me like, you're okay. Right. 
I need to be okay for myself. And that was, that's hard. It's hard every day and I'm in recovery, you know? So it's like, it's hard. This is a real conversation. Dang. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thank you. I I think one of the other things, and the reason I'm picking, the reason I'm spending time on this is because I think there are so many people who kind of been stuck where you've been stuck in the past. Right. And so Chris and I always like to, we always like to point our podcast in the direction of being able to help people. Like when people are dumped this podcast, we want to have learned something when they walked away. So, you know, thank you for being that open person. I think the other, the other thing that I get from, you know, this process is of transformation is you're also got help. And I, and I want to say help not in a negative way that that sometimes comes across. Like you had to get help. Like, you know, you couldn't do it by oh, yourself. I don't care. Stigmatize me. Yeah. No, what I mean me is all day. I want the world to stigmatize <laughs> me because I am doing so much better than I was. Yeah. Well, oh I, you God. know, I want to add into what John's saying real fast. Cause I, I think, and I think where you're going with this, but, but even mm-hmm. if you're not like, I think we have to take the stigma off of like there, it doesn't have to be, if it's to be, it's up to me. In fact, it can't, right. nobody can be successful without other people, mm-hmm. right? You can't be yeah. successful without your clients. You can't be successful. Like, no, if, if you are the most amazing hairstylist in the world, but had no, other nobody people, comes to you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the reality is, is people need to learn to ask for help and people mm-hmm. need to learn. And, and, you know, the, the type of help you're talking about right now is self-help, but then you, but then the recovery piece. And by the way, I'm, I've been in recovery for quite a while as well. And so, you know, but so, the, but, but it's, it's only there where people sometimes learn to ask for help. Too many people think they have to do it alone. Right. Well, we're biologically hardwired to need mm-hmm. love and belonging yeah. and we mm-hmm. need connection. It's like literally the worst possible thing that could happen to us in like ancient tribal times is to be banished. Like it means death. Right. 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 So yeah. when we pretend like I'm good, I'm by myself, like I don't need anything, like right. we're you're just not wired that way. You're uh, we're just not. You know, there's so many different opportunities here, whether it was working with Tony Robbins, right? And getting that education, whether it's reading or listening to the CDs from Win Claybaugh, whether it's the two, you know, psychologists, whether it's being in recovery, whether it's the relationship you have with loved ones, you know, the help comes in many different forms, shapes and sizes, right? It's not one size fit all. It isn't just about therapy. It isn't just about recovery. It isn't just about finding somebody to talk to. It isn't just about the right book or the right speaker. It's all of these things, you know, you kind of pick what you need to get from whatever person or persons you're talking to, to make that transformation right to rewire your values to to recognize that maybe even you know i think this is huge and i i just i don't want this to get lost it's one thing to change your values it's another thing to realize that the values you have are not good for you and to take not only the mental step to change them but to actually shit get it done you need leverage you need like something. And like, this is why I do, like I did the Tony Robbins, like I'm trained with his um, strategic intervention coaching and it's all about six human needs. Like it's all based around that. And anyone who's like, anybody who's trying to overcome a limiting belief, it's really like, what are you going to get from this new life? 
Like, what are you going to get from it? Or like the leverage of like the reason why you're going to do it. Like for me, like when I needed to lose a hundred pounds, like I was looking in the mirror, I was like, oh my God, like, who is that? Like, who is that? Like, I don't even know who that is. I had no idea who was looking at me in the mirror. And I was just like, I'm going to die. And I'm not going to die from being fat. You know what I mean? If I die, it's going to be from like a tragic skydiving accident, driving too fast or doing something cool, like not driving too fast isn't cool, but like in a race car or something, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to die of a heart attack from stress. Uh Get over yourself. Like nothing is that important that you need to like put your health last. You know, one of the big things was my relationship. You know, the person I'm with now, he's an incredible person and I want to be with him for the rest of my life. And, you know, when I was smoking weed 24 seven all day long, could not put it down, like taking like 180 milligram edibles. Like I'm prescribed by a doctor, so it can't be bad. Right. No. Um, it was completely taking over my life. It was completely taking over my life. And he was so kind and sweet. He never made me feel bad, but like he could not help me, mm-hmm. you know? And he, I, I could see it in his face that like, you know, he didn't, we were completely like drifting in in, like, I was too focused on my drug of choice, which was marijuana. And I know people are gonna be like, what? But like, it was taking over my life. It's not like just smoking a joint. It was taking over my life. Like I was literally consuming 200 plus milligrams a day and spending a fortune on it. Mm -hmm. And he would always be kind, caring and concerning. And it was just like, I didn't want to lose that. I was like, I need help or I'm going to lose this. You know what I mean? I I can't make a decision because I'm so stressed out and anxious. I can't even listen to myself. I can't even look at myself on these videos. Like I was just like, I need something like to change. So like, that was that. And when it was opening my salon, it was just like, I'm not going through another salon. My clients deserve better. I'm going to be able to charge more. I'm going to be able to make more money. I'm going to, you have to list all of the things you get from the change and you have to really want them. If you don't really want it. And like one of the biggest things that I have that other people don't maybe is drive. Like I'm hungry. Like I have a lion tattoo on me. People are like, are you a Leo? I'm like, no, it means king of the jungle. (laughs) Like I'm hungry to succeed. I'm hungry. If I want it, I'm getting it. And it's that like drive and like, I don't know what, maybe you need to starve to get that. You know what I want to talk about while we're here? You talked, you brought this up earlier in the conversation about you were really driven and you were building your clientele in the beginning and people didn't like working with you, right? I'm going to make the assumption that when you have that drive and you have that, you know, that lion tattoo, that that doesn't disappear, right? That that drive and that energy to succeed still probably pushes some people away. Right. And I'm okay with that personally. Um, yeah, I'm not for everybody. But having said that, I think there are many folks who, who want to drive and they want to succeed and they see other people around them, you know, maybe stepping back or saying you're being a jerk or you're, you know, not nice or whatever. And you're we let direct. The, excuse you're me. Too direct. Yeah. Too direct. Too direct. That's when we hear a lot. You're too yeah. direct. You're way too direct. Um, and now I'm not saying it's okay to be an asshole, right? Because right. it's not, right? But there's a Never. difference between being a jerk and being driven to succeed assertive. and wanting more, being assertive, being direct. Talk about that journey for you because I think that's part of the story. I definitely can say that it's all about you and how you treat people. Like, for example, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
you may mm -hmm. think you're being kind, but like, if you are suffering and you put on a happy face, everybody feels that it doesn't matter how good you are at faking it. And for me, like I never put myself first, I put everybody else first. So then when they weren't performing, I was just like, how could you? Do you know what I mean? Like I would put everyone before myself. So by the time, you know, I was giving, I had nothing left to give. So when it came down to it, you know, it's all about you and your state. Like you have to put your health first. Like that's why health is number one. That's the secret. You guys mm -hmm. it's health is number one, because without my health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, mm -hmm. without my health, I cannot help anybody. Mm -hmm. I can't. And when you're putting that at the way bottom, that wasn't even on my values. Health was not even on my value set when I was at Tony Robbins in December. Sure. It wasn't even there. It wasn't even a thought. It was completely last. So like when I'm giving, giving, giving to all these people and then they leave, of course, I'm going to explode. Of course, I'm going to freak out because I'm putting myself so last that I'm like at the point where I feel like I'm dying, you know? So it's really like when you put yourself that last, everything you do is going to come off wrong. So when I put myself first, everything I do comes off right. And if it doesn't come off right, then it's not my fault because I'm everything I do is from a good place in my heart. And, you know, it goes health, lo love, health, vulnerability, boundaries. And, you know, that's who I am. And if you take it the wrong way, that's on you. It, it starts with you, but you have to set your boundaries and let go of the outcome. Cause some people would like to walk all over me, but it's not going to happen, you know, and the people in my past, you know, they're used to me being like that. So I'm obviously not going to jive with their needs. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely different. It's a different world. My two salons are very different. Mm -hmm. I'm putting myself first at the network because I get have complete freedom and flexibility and a booth rental owner, mm -hmm. you know, an employee based salon owner praise you all. Mm -hmm. I give so much credit to people who put that much of themselves into the business. I could not do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe when I'm like 40, 50 and I've been around the block, but right. like, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I was just like, I can't give this much anymore. I need to do my own thing. I want to travel and teach. I want to be famous. I want to make an impact. I want to travel like a rock star. You know, I, I want to do this, but you can't do that and be present for your staff. You can't, I mean, some people do, but I'm just going to say like, if you're not present and you're not seeing your people. Well, I think you, you said it yourself. It was between the ages of 23 and 26. There's a whole, much, a whole bunch more stuff to learn. And the other thing you had said was maybe when I'm 40, 50, I'll be in a different place and I'll have a different, you know, different business model. And I think that's important, right? There's, there's one maybe business model when you're in your 20s, right? And maybe there's another business model when you're in mid-career. And maybe there's another business model on the other side of that career, because I think if significance is part of how you're wired, right, you get that significance differently at different times in your life. I mean, for me, I owned my salon for 25 years, and that gave me my significance, right? Now, I'm in a different place. I'm in a different freaking state for that matter, right? And I don't mean mentally, I mean, physically in a different state. And, um, I think that significance for me now comes from how do I help others? How do I help them succeed? How do I give them some of what I learned and hopefully make it better for them? Right. And I think that's a completely valid road to go down. Right. I think that that's how salon ownership should be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Totally. Like, I believe that if you're going to be an employee-based salon owner, mm -hmm. like I just did these videos for Joyco that are coming out. They're so fire. They're so good. It's called mm -hmm. Elevate Your Life in Business. And it's a six video set of like my whole journey of like, you know, stylist, salon owner, sure. independent st stylist, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the salon owner one is called serving as a salon owner because it's you're serving others. Right. And you <laughs> have to be in a good, healthy state to do that, because if you're doing it so that everybody will serve you. Yeah. I super appreciated uh, your last podcast episode where you kind of broke down all those things. And P.S., both John and I um, owned salons at the age of 22. Right. So we totally like I, when I was listening to your journey about commission and then booth, but you know, it's the difference between, and I think you laid this out beautifully. So if you're listening, um, you know, check out Gina's podcast. It's just Gina, the Gina Bianca podcast and um, the, the episode um, number 30, number 30 um, basically was just kind of laying out the pros and cons. And I thought you very, um, non-prejudicely laid those out as well. I think you, you, um, it sounded like you like really gave all of the positions, their ample pros mm -hmm. and cons and attention. And, um, you know, a lot of people leave a certain environment and then because they're still in the, the, the ick, they they now all of a sudden bash you know that old environment oh this that this is you know this ways and um so anyway go back and listen to that um if you're if you're listening i'm sort of feeling like i want to do a quick like flash round where i just sort of throw a topic out and, and gina takes it and runs with it can we do that a flash round yeah I, I love the sound of that well, okay sounds... awesome well, awesome tell you what then let you i so Gina, when I was listening to you and, you know, listen, looking at your Instagram feed, there were, there were a few themes that sort of came in my head uh, as, as I listen to you speak. Judgment, compassion, or advocacy. Why don't you choose one of those uh, first and give us, give us a minute on it. I'm I mean, actually, choose... can I, I'm going to add one to that. Judgment, yeah. compassion. What was the third one you had there? Advocacy. And I want to add, because you mentioned it a couple of times. I want to add boundaries. Yeah. Okay. So that's a big question. Um, I'll definitely say like, and I'm just going to go back to my mentors. You know, my, one of my biggest mentors is Lady Gaga. Um, I have her tattooed on me. You She's remind like, me of her. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make Gina That's cry. like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Thank you so much. <laughs> but lady gaga talks about her whole authentic unique story and one of her big things is about kindness because kindness can change the world like you just never know like by being kind to somebody how you can change their life somebody walked into my salon an older gentleman and he used to come to gbh and i saw him i was like hey it's good to see you he's like it's good to be seen that moment changed my life of like just seeing someone being kind, taking the moment to say hello, mm -hmm. um, you know, kindness, compassion, like those things are huge for me. You know, those are huge part. Those are huge on my values list. I have to, I pick my top ones that can help me be those things. Sure. But, you know, being kind is one of the biggest things. And if something is unkind, I'll call it out be like, that's not kind, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't take sides on things like to your point before about the podcast, you know, you know, you said, I explained booth rental, um, employee base. And I said it in a fair way, that's because I don't think one thing's better than the other. It depends on your journey. 
it depends on what you have to give. Right now, what I have to give is a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And if my, my people, like if they, I tell them, I'm like, I know nothing lasts forever. I want you to rent here as long as you want to. If you want to open a salon, if you want to do this, I was like, I'm your person. I want to help you. You know what I mean? That's what I have to give. I don't have the hours, 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 hours in training. So like, I don't think one is one is bad or the other is bad. And I don't think of myself as a failure for realizing the fact that like I evolved, you know, like I evolved and now my time is best used elsewhere Mm -hmm. to make a bigger impact with more people and setting that boundary with myself. Uh, and you know, just living my truth, you know what I mean? And that was a loaded question you asked me, but like, it goes back to my mentors and what I've learned of like, you know, the things that really matter. And like, I study people who are doing what I, who have what I want, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to have the impact Gaga had on me to as many people as possible. So what do I do? I look at her and I say, what does she do? She tells her story and she's herself. And she does not care. Like she is herself. I'm sure she has the same feelings, emotions, and like fears as all of us. And I know that she goes through a lot in her health too. And she also was raped. Um, and that's something like, you know, I was when I was in high school and um, her talking about that, her getting help, her being an advocate for mental health, like mm-hmm. that put me in rehab, mm-hmm. you know, her telling her story helped me change my life so I can be okay. And when I'm okay, I can help change other people's lives. And like, if Mm -hmm. I can be a beacon of an example, if I can be an example like that, a positive influencer, like somebody who like Mm -hmm. will advocate for not, not even just the underdog. I want to advocate for every person who's willing to listen to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I've been there. You know what I mean? And I, I just want to advocate for those who, want to do, do the same thing. Cause I think that that is a chain of, you know, impact that is non-comparable. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, I like how you, all these transformational up things happen. You get kicked in the gut, you get knocked down and yet you do it anyways, right? I'm, I'm going to do it anyways. It's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you be brave and stand up and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Gaga. Um, this is an amazing conversation and and by the way gaga gaga is one of my favorite concerts of all time isn't she the best and i i I, what what was it what was the movie that she was in with bradley cooper star is born born. i was sad something crazy weeks after that movie yeah i know when i first got signed with joyco Mm -hmm. the first freaking opportunity they gave me was to be on set for stupid love Oh, oh wow so i did um i mean my claim to fame, but I did the red <laughs> models and the stupid love video. So I did the color for Joyco for the That's red awesome. models. Awesome. And um, I was really close to her. Like, Gina, it- <laughs> is there is there a restraining order against you? Yeah. No. You should- <laughs> you know I'm not like crazy like that. I just love her. Yeah, and I think better. it's good. I think it's good to have role models and to be yeah. like, to have mentors like that. It's not crazy. Oh, I, I, bet I have her bucks. face tattooed on me though. <laughs> I bet a million bucks if you showed her that she would go nuts. I was at a Lenny Kravitz concert one time. And it's, a Lenny Kravitz tattoo. A dude had Lenny tattooed on his arm. Yeah. And he was and he was in the front row and he was showing Lenny. He was showing Lenny. Oh my God, that's beautiful. There it is. Yeah. That's and, awesome, um, Gina. 
and he was showing Lenny and the guy was like, obviously if this guy tattooed Lenny on, on his arm, he can play guitar. They pulled him out of the audience up on stage and gave him a guitar and he played the encore with him. And it was, it was, it was amazing. I could um, sing if she ever pulled me on stage. That's my point. That's my exact point. That's yeah. my exact point. Well, I think that, you know, whether it's tattoos or anything else for that matter, they're touch points, right? That they're, they're yeah. talismans. They're things that you can touch, that you can look at, that you can look in the mirror and they they ground you, right? Yeah. And you know, that's what I think of when I think of Lady Gaga and your experience with her is it's it's that touchstone for you. It's that grounding that just brings you back to where you need to be at any one time. Yeah, she reminds me of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she that. just well, reminds me her living her authentic story mm-hmm. makes me want to live my authentic story. And mm-hmm. when I do that, I hope the person behind me, like who's listening or who's mm-hmm. like who's wanting to who, if they want anything that I have, I hope that the best thing I can do is be vulnerable and share with them. You know, when I came into this conversation, the the thought that I had in the back of my mind is people love this woman just because she's real. She, you know, yeah. you. You're not, you're unscripted. You're, you just, you're just real. You just, ha- you're having a moment and mm-hmm. then you, you go. And you know, that's, that's what life's all about. Um, guys, we are. Chris always makes a stop. ton of time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I have to come back. Yeah. We are definitely yeah. going to have to come back. Um, guys, I, I just, awesome. I love everything about this conversation. This yeah. is, been, you know, I have to admit it. Sometimes when we do a four o'clock start, if I don't like position my coffee properly throughout the day, I can come into it a little foggy. And, um, but you really brightened up uh, the conversation. This has been a pleasant surprise. John, I know I'm pulling away a ton. Uh, and I know you are as well, because we've, we've both been sort of giddy throughout this conversation. Uh, tell, tell, me what, tell me what impressions this conversation is leaving you with. Well, I've got a couple. I mean, the one that, um, the first one that comes to my mind is just the whole journey of transformation. And not just once, not just twice, but three or four times. And I love that because I think for folks out there, like I said, you know, 2020 has been uh, a nightmare for so many people, right? And the opportunity that you still can transform and turn yourself into anything you want to be is a powerful message. And so Gina, I want to thank you for that. I think the other thing that really, you know, and part of that transformation is the whole piece you talked about in regards to values, right? That you actually had to look at the values that you had in your life and realize, well, you know what? These, these aren't doing me any good right now. Maybe they did you good once upon a time, but right now they're not. And, you know, and, and, and I know that sounds, you know, nice. Oh, I changed my values. I don't think people recognize, and I want to give you kudos for this, how hard that really is. So for you to take a look at your values and say, you know what, these aren't serving me anymore. I need to change them and come up with ones that are going to make my life better. I just think that's huge. Um, So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. And um, Gina, first of all, I mean, just a great discussion. Uh, How, if our listeners want to know more, I know there's multiple ways to find you. Please point uh, them in the right direction. Yeah, you just follow me on Instagram. It's uh, at I am Gina Bianca. And you can listen to the podcast, Gina Bianca podcast. My goal is 50 episodes next year. I really want to do one a week. Um, I'm a busy beaver. Like I'm so busy, <laughs> but like my goal next year is 50 podcasts, 50 YouTube. Um, just to you like, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. 
Um, so you can follow me on Instagram, YouTube. I, I have my name everywhere. Um, I try to make it easy to find me. And I hope that if you like this episode, you send it to somebody who may get something from it and any of my content, you know, I try to give it all, I try to give it all away. You know, I don't want to hold anything back. I do have my mastermind group where if you want to get closer to me and do coaching with me, it's like more of a coaching group now with more in-depth technical mm -hmm. videos and stuff. But, you know, I really try to give it all and try to like really make an impact and leave the industry better than it was when I got here. And um, I hope that my content helps you in some way, whether it's paid, whether it's free, whether it's on this podcast, my podcast, I hope that the time that we spent together today, I hope that it made an impact and it helped you a little bit. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in. And I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up there. We, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand, it's down by your lap. I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews. You know you want to do it. You know you love this podcast. Share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. And while that angel is getting its wings, it helps us move up. Um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world, helps share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same uh, in ours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.